This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to our show. Um, I, I've been sitting here for the last week or so trying to figure out how to talk about this topic. Um, and there's a lot of emotions around the topic, and I don't, I don't wish to diminish anybody's feelings or emotions around uh, what's going on. Um, but I, I, I get angry when I see the finger pointing. I get angry when we do the second guessing, and, and nobody wants to talk about the root problem. And I'm talking about shootings, you call it mass shootings. The, the media would say that everybody is a mass shooting, uh, school shootings, uh, Buffalo, Uvalde. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. Um, there's there's this instant reaction from people on both sides of a discussion around this that um, all guns should be banned. Don't take away my guns. Uh, you know, if if the perpetrator is white, then it's uh, it's a, a white supremacist and um, we, we've got to do something about that. If it's not a white person, then it's um, the gun shot somebody accidentally by itself, whatever. Um, I th- think we're missing the bigger picture here. And, and I'm going to present it from two different perspectives because I think I really want to make sure we understand it's, it's not about the horrible tragedy that each of these shootings incurs because they are horrific and I don't care if it's children or adults it it should not happen nobody has the right to do this period this is not how you react um, in a civilized society towards other human beings this is not what you do I don't care what I don't care what side of the debate you're on it doesn't matter don't care what your political ally you're on doesn't matter you do not do this this is not okay period okay I'm not going to get into the frequency I'm not going to get into the classification of what is and what isn't a mass shooting or none of that matters to the discussion I'm going to have. Other people can have that discussion. So I was, I was watching uh, Tom Petty's free fallen video recently. And if you've never listened to that video, it's decades old. So it's not a spoiler alert, but um, in my opinion, one of the best albums um, rock albums ever put out by any artist, uh, whatever you think about Tom Petty, one way or the other in his personal life the Tom Petty uh, Full Moon Fever album from 1989. Amazing album, uh, top to bottom. But anyway, the first, first song from that album was called Free Fallen. And the lyrics start with, she's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus and America too. And it got me thinking, what, what changed in our society? Now, that was 1989. Um, maybe it was penned in 1988 or 87, who knows. What changed in our society loves America. Okay. So after Uvalde, um, the manager of the San Francisco giants, uh, Gabe Kapler, not to be confused with Gabe Kaplan. Uh, he came out and said, I will no longer stand for the national anthem. I won't come out of the clubhouse until the national anthem is played. I can no longer support that. And I, you know, I don't like where our country is and that, that kind of thing. But then he made an exception for Memorial day because, he supports the veterans, I guess. Um, but it got me thinking about that. Loves America. Now, what's missing from that line is loves her mama doesn't talk about 
dad. Okay. And that's, that's later in the conversation, but it doesn't talk about dad in that, that lyric. What, what the, the uh, national anthem represents, what the flag represents is the good and the bad of your country. You don't only stand when you're happy with your country. You don't only stand when you support whatever it is the country's doing. You support the country. And I think we've conflated um, non-support or lack of support for individuals or lack of support for our beliefs that, that aren't getting enacted, so therefore I can't support the country. So I, I feel like that's a, that's a cop-out. You know, make change. Do something. That was the chant at uh, Joe Biden when he was in Texas last weekend. Do something. We will. What does do something mean? Because honestly, I don't know what that means. Um, we can debate background checks. Okay. It's this guy in Texas passed the background check. Passed the check you said he should pass. Passed it. Um, should he have an AR-15? An AR-15 is a rifle. It's got a short barrel. It's no more or no less de- deadly than any other rifle. Um, it's just got a shorter barrel, and it looks scary. Um, again, people, Tony and I have talked about this over and over. AR does not stand for assault rifle. Okay? It does not stand for assault rifle. So when the media talks about it, they believe that AR stands for assault rifle, which it does not. It was not a Nazi gun. It was not developed by the Nazis and recreated for other purposes. Um, it was developed after World War II, so couldn't have been developed by the Nazis. Uh, all that stuff set aside. I think the problem isn't gun laws. Because I've talked to some people this week, and there are a lot of gun laws on the books, state, federal gun laws. There are a lot of, every state has slightly different checks on what they do, um, how they verify people, uh, what red flags, those red flag logs we, we're starting to hear, hear about. What is it that we're missing? Well, I think what we're missing is the missing line from Tom Petty, fathers. And I saw that written in an article over the weekend, but we are, we are a country right now, and I won't say it's worse than it's ever been because I have no idea what it could be, be like a month from now, but we are, we are opposed to each other. There's anger towards groups, and we've been sectionalized and I, I jokingly say Barack Obama was the divider in chief. And I think um, Joe Biden is trying to be divider in chief junior. It's pitting groups against each other. Now, I don't know what, I don't remember what it was like in 2007 about groups. There was animosity towards certain groups, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I see, what I've seen since Barack Obama took office. And I won't say Barack Obama is exclusively responsible for this, but it just felt like it's cre- it created a divide amongst everybody involved to say, well, that person is responsible for your misery. Whether they were or not, didn't matter. You were told they were, so therefore they must be. You told enough times. That's a marketing t- term. If you get, tell somebody 18 times, that's when it finally sinks in. So if you hear this over and over and over and over again, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, that that person is responsible for your problems. Even if you didn't believe it at the beginning, 
you might start believing it now, which is doesn't make it true. It just means you believe it and you act upon your beliefs. So we have all this division. And I, I would say right now, there was division under Donald Trump's presidency. No question. Now, I think the media fed a lot of that. I think Donald Trump in his actions and attitudes helped feed that. Um, I'm not blaming any one particular group, but I, I think everybody fed into it because it's a political game for a lot of these people. It's how do we get power if, we're not, if we don't currently have it, and how do we maintain power if we currently do? So we've got to make you angry at somebody else. We've got to take the blame off of ourselves and put it somewhere else so that you can say, well, we're the, we're the different person. We're going to fix that problem if you give us power. Okay. And it's both political parties. Don't, don't kid yourself. If you're on one side or the other, both political parties do it constantly. There's always a political bent to everything. Um, and I've talked about this in the past. I don't want the president showing up every time there's a tragedy. It's a political event. It's a political stunt, but it does nothing to fix the problem. I don't care if it's a disaster. I don't care if it's a shooting. I don't care if it's whatever. It doesn't fix anything. Um, I, I don't need your shoulder to cry on. Do something to fix the problem and get out of the way. I've got a very libertarian streak to me in that I don't want the government involved in everything I do. Now, maybe you do. Maybe you're happy with that, and that's fine. I don't. I don't want the government involved in everything I do and everything I say and everything I can ever do or say. I don't think that that's the spirit of America, and I don't think that's something most people if they're honest, they, they want somebody else shut down. They don't want themselves shut down. I think that's where the, the rub kind of comes. I don't want anybody shut down. I think social pressure will shut you down if you are a wacko, you know, if you want to do things. Now, I think the law should be implied, applied to those people who are breaking the law. If you have guns illegally, if you have uh, chemicals you shouldn't have, if you're threatening people, then yes, you should be uh, arrested and you should be prosecuted if at all possible. Um, and this gentleman in Texas had a lot of things going on that maybe somebody should have uh, caught. No, we're in the we're in the finger pointing game. You know, I haven't heard anybody say yet it's Tom or it's a uh, it's um, whose fault it is that it isn't them. Um, you know, but maybe it's Donald Trump's fault that. This guy was radicalized, even though that has nothing to do with it. Um, I, I think we get back to the family unit is the biggest part of what we're missing. And nobody wants to address that problem. We want to legislate it. And I would challenge anybody, give me, show me an example of legislation that has changed behaviors. Didn't happen with prohibition. It didn't happen with abortion. Even when abortion was illegal in certain places, it still happened. Um, it may still continue to happen even if Roe versus Wade is overturned. You can't legislate behavior. We try. You know, in a utopian society, we can legislate something out, but it doesn't work. It doesn't, you can't change somebody's behavior if they don't want to change their behavior. Now, the first thing somebody said was, well, what about seatbelt laws? Did you, you're afraid of not getting caught but it did change your behavior. Do you always put your seatbelt on every single time you get in your car? And there are some people, it's, it's an ingrained behavior. If you were born after 1986, you probably did put your seatbelt on because you didn't know any differently. 
But if you're born before 1986, I'll bet there's still a fair amount of people who don't wear their seatbelt on a regular basis. Don't think they need to. I don't care how many dings your car makes or error messages or nagging person in the other seat. You're probably not doing it. Um, even if you get caught by the police, you know, for the seatbelt law started out as uh, they had to be a secondary offense. They had to stop you for something else before they could ticket you for the seatbelt. But once they stopped you, they could get you for the seatbelt too. Uh, but I, I don't believe that you can legislate behavior no matter what you try. So you say, I'm going to, I'm going to legislate guns. Okay. Um, the assault weapon ban arguably didn't reduce shootings. Uh, most shootings are done with handguns. We, we hear about the rifles, but most shootings are done with handguns uh, predominantly. Um, and not, none of the assault weapons or assault rifle bans uh, are going to change that. Um, you get rid of the ammunition. I mean, that's, that was the other thing. This, this, Man had 1,600 rounds of ammunition. Um, I would contend if you have enough of an arsenal, 1,600 rounds isn't really that much. Um, so I don't, I don't look at that number as in the abstract and say, well, that's a lot of ammunition. To somebody who doesn't have guns, that sounds like a lot of ammunition. What do you need all that for? Well, you stockpile it because it's, you, get, you get it on sale at different times or it's cheaper at this place. And you go out and you, you shoot targets or you shoot with it. Now, this gentleman probably wasn't doing that. So in his case, it was probably an excessive amount of ammunition for what he was doing. But in and of itself, 1,600 rounds isn't a number you can quantify and say, well, you shouldn't have had that many. Um, and reduce magazine capacity. Just, just change magazines. It's not a – I think to somebody who doesn't use guns, has never played with guns, never used a gun, they, they, they just think, oh, well – you know, if we reduce it from 10 to five, you can only kill five people. No, you just have two clips. You know, it's not, it, it, I've always believed if somebody wants to cre- cause evil, they will find a way. They will find a way to do it. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean we shouldn't try to stop them. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't try to uh, avoid that at all costs. But don't tell me you can legislate evil. You can't. You can try, you can make it harder, you can make it more difficult to obtain something, and, and, and background checks have done that, um, but banning guns outright is not going to stop shootings. It will stop some shootings because it won't be as readily available, but they'll use a different weapon. Somebody who wants to commit an atrocity is going to commit an atrocity somehow. You can outlaw cars, you can outlaw Anything, a knife, uh, fists. I mean, at some point, you can reduce the magnitude by reducing the the weapon of choice, but you can't get rid of it unless you don't have anything that that can can cause harm. Which a tool, a, a knife used for harvesting, can also be used to harm, and I think we forget that sometimes because. When a tool is used incorrectly, it can cause harm to you or to somebody else. When it's used correctly, it can provide food. It can provide shelter. And those things are important as well. So banning everything that could cause harm leaves you with very little to actually live in the world and create things you need. Um, and I think that's where we, we get a little lost on that. But back to the family unit. We've missed out on the family unit. You know, they interviewed this guy's father and he said, well, he was strange and we had problems. He didn't have a father in his life. Father's Day is coming up. 
a father in your life is tremendous as a boy. As a girl, you need a mother in your life. I mean, I think you need both parents. I think you need a mother and a father in your life. But you tend to identify with the person you are. So if you have a boy, you need a father. If you have a girl, you need a a mother. We forget that. We think we can create without. You know, we can have we can have single mothers who who don't have a spouse. So I'm just going to raise this baby on my own. And maybe you're okay. Maybe that's okay for some people. But I would say the child misses out tremendously. You know, sometimes it's caused to you know accident, death, um, things like that, that that do happen, and you you try to go on with your life. But um, purposely choosing or making conscious social decisions that eliminate half of the the parenting bond is not a good thing for children. And I think we we are seeing that over the last couple decades. We are seeing a we're seeing a a diminishment of the importance of others because of abandonment or the feelings of abandonment and the feelings of um, resentment towards somebody else has something I don't. You know, if you're confident in yourself and somebody tries to make fun of you, it doesn't have the same impact as if you're already insecure and somebody picks on that and makes fun of you for it. Whether this gentleman stutter um, or, you know, your, your weight or your IQ or your size, everything is compounded when you don't feel secure in yourself. And how could you, if you don't have what other people have and you don't have what you've always been missing, which is that other parent. And in most cases it's the father. Um, Fathers are a tremendous part of, of development for a child. And we've, kind of legislated that out to a point. We've made it easier to not have a father unit in the, in the home. Um, you know, it, it bothers me that that's diminished to the point where it's, eh, loves her mama. Where's daddy? Where, where's the, there's the father in this scenario um, to be part of that child's life. And I think that's, that's a testament to our society and what we've become. I think the manifestation of the shootings and the, the general crassness towards others is a direct result of that lack of a family unit. Now, you can say, I'm perfectly well-adjusted. I didn't have a father in my life. Okay. I would say you're wrong. I would say that not having a father, you may, have, you may feel well-adjusted, but there's always a longing and a hole in your heart where that father should be or where that mother should be if it's, if it's the other way around. Don't diminish it because you don't have it. That doesn't mean everybody shouldn't. I think everybody should. Now, that doesn't mean every father or mother is a wonderful person because they're not. But what we tend to see in society is those who didn't have two-parent households tended to not do as well and we're worse at parenting their own children, and it perpetuates the cycle. That's not what we want either. But our society is divided and angry with each other. I'm owed something. But you know that already. You know you're owed something. You're owed two parents, if at all possible. You're owed the love of two parents. And those who don't feel that love who don't recognize that that's an important part of growing up 
are lesser because of it. And it's not your fault if that's happened to you, but it is your fault if you didn't provide it to your child. And that's a sad fact. Um, I don't think we, we take responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. It's not ours, but we're just as responsible as a society and as individuals, you know, um, there's a, there's a good foster care group uh, at a church I used to attend. They've gone out of their way to support the people who are welcoming foster children into their homes. Now, I'm not going to say every single child that comes into somebody's home is changed for the better, but you, you like to try. And there's a support network for that family because you recognize there are daily occurrences that will challenge you. And you need other people in your life to help you deal with that. You need a unit to get around it. Not to go back to the Hillary Clinton and takes a village, but it does take individuals in your life. You can't do it by yourself because that's when you feel the most alone. When you try to do everything yourself, you feel alone and uh, angry because somebody else has a village and you don't. So show some compassion to your friends and neighbors. Show compassion to people you don't even know simply because you're human and you share that in common. Show the compassion. Um, I, I believe that children can be cruel because they're taught to be cruel. It's developed, it's, it's innate sometimes in them, but they see their parents and they see how their parents act towards others and they think it's okay. And they do it to others around them. And they don't think they do. You ask a child, are you nice to your friends? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm very nice. They, everybody loves me. They're not. Put a video camera on them and see. They're not always nice to each other. That's the problem. We think we're better than we are. Now, we're not as bad as sometimes we think we are. I don't mean to imply that. But we're not as good as we think we are either. We can do better. We should do better. But more laws on the books for guns isn't going to change the underlying problem. You know, And taking away the guns from those who have them is not going to solve the problem because you're not going to get all those guns away. Um, I'm not talking about the government per se, but I, I truly believe there are certain elements of the government, certain parties in this country who would like to remove guns from your possession. They would like to make, um, cars so obsolete because they don't want you to be able to travel without them. They want you to remove the guns so you can't, you can't, um, do anything in return if they put a rule in place that you don't like. Uh, the guns keep them, sad to say, Second Amendment keeps government in the back of their mind. This, this could happen. We could have something. It happened in the 1860s with the um, Confederacy. Had those guns not existed, would the Confederacy have even been formed? I doubt very much that it would have. Uh, if you don't have weapons to fight, you're probably not going to fight. But I'm not advocating that anybody should go out there and and, and attack the government. That is not the case at all. You should work within the system. But I think the guns are basically to keep people in line. Now, they, they can be misused. Uh, every, every, every device can be misused. A computer can be misused. Hackers do it all the time. Um, a car can be misused. People speed and they have, cause accidents. Uh, things can be misused. But Taking everything away that could be misused, again, as I said before, doesn't really help society because there's positives to everything and there's negatives to most things. Uh, 
this is not a positive situation. The school shooting in Texas or the shooting in Buffalo or anywhere else, it is horrific. It is horrible. And it should never get to that point. Um, I want vigilance from my law enforcement. I want them to make sound judgments about people. I don't want to overly burden the police forces. And I also don't want to overly burden harassment by police of individuals. I don't think that leads to positive outcomes either. But I I don't know what the solution is other than the whole family unit. I'm not saying there wasn't crime when you had a two-parent household. Because we're human and we have problems and we make mistakes and we don't do everything correctly all the time. But I don't believe things have gotten better um, since the family unit has been degraded to the point that it has. And that, that's my whole point on this. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus and America too. Daddy should be in there. And we should be thinking closely about how do we change our society uh, where the problems are. Again, legislating is not going to fix the problem. It's not going to happen. It, it, it sounds like a good idea, and your legislators will tell you it's a good idea, and you'll hear advocacy groups saying it's a good idea, but it doesn't work. It does not change behavior. And until people want behavior changed and want to act in that way, it will not fix the problem. So I don't know if I've given you something to think about, something you agree with, disagree with, please, please let us know in the comments. Um, you know, reach out to us uh, on our voicemail. Just let me know what you think. This is, a, again, this is a horrific event. These are tragedies for all involved, and I'm not about to go finger-pointing. I think there's things that could be done, and we'll, we'll find out over the coming weeks what could have been done, should have been done, might have been done uh, differently. Uh, but I think everything's an opportunity to learn, and we need to learn from this and not just gut reaction, do this. Um, contrary to Gabe Kapler and Steve Kerr, banning assault weapons, whatever that means, isn't going to fix the problem. The underlying problem still exists. And legislating it, you can't legislate that behavior. So I'll leave you with that. Again, I'm Chad. Thanks for joining me. Have a good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.